Welcome to Pastmaster, the show where we dive back in time and try and find out if we could survive and thrive in history, or whether we would fail miserably and be burnt at the stake for being a witch. We use the power of AI to decide whether we make the right decisions or the wrong ones, so let's see how it pans out. Welcome, this is episode 20, this is... I guess season finale of season one. I'm joined by Tan and Keon, as always. Hey guys, how you going? Hey Ryan, how's it going? Morning. Oh no, not morning. Oh. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> morning. Hello. Hello to you. <laughs> it's, I can't Hello. believe it's been 20 episodes. That's it's absolutely flown by. It is mad. Yeah, time is definitely. But maybe all this travelling into the past is screwed with our heads, and we no longer <laughs> understand the passage of time. Quite possible. Yeah. Also, I don't know why I keep saying, how are you going? Like, I'm an Australian. How are you going, guys? How are you going, guys? Keon, <laughs> <laughs> have you recovered from your latest, I was going to say shenanigans, but I don't think giving blood is shenanigans, really. It's a kind of che- Cheeky thing. little bit of giving blood. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they, they, they had a little bit. Yeah, I gave them a bit. Uh, and i just come back from Dublin, so I, I had so much Guinness in me. I reckon the iron was like, I gave them a bit extra. You, know? you gave them some super blood. Yeah. <laughs> Full of magnesium. Love yeah. stuff. How do you feel nice. after giving blood? Do you feel like quite chilled out? Because when I've done it, I've always felt like really lazy and just like, oh yeah, nice and zen. Yeah, yeah. Like I don't want to do nothing after. Like I'm 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 done for the done, day. That's done why I always day. do it in the evening, because I'm like yeah. then I'm just like just go to bed. That's why I always do it in the morning, so I've got an excuse to do nothing for the rest of the day. Oh, that's smart. That's <laughs> working smarter, not harder, that is. <laughs> Yeah. So, guys, I can't. I mean, I've given blood today. So, so can I can I have a cup of tea and a biscuit? <laughs> and everyone calls you a hero. So yeah, exactly. <laughs> and also, I'm oh, d- delighted to hear that we're both B negative blood type, Keon. That's uh, blood that's brothers. Blood yeah. brothers. Yeah. We'll have to do the blood brothers handshake when we see each other next. <laughs> you know what you are? Blood sign type. <laughs> I have no idea. Unfortunately, I've never given blood. It's one of those things I've always been meaning to do and, and I never have. My current excuse is that I can't afford to be any more tired than I am. That's fair. <laughs> That's fair. I think that the reason I did it to start with was because I wanted to know what blood type I was. Because you see in films where a man is bleeding out in an action movie normally and they're like, what blood type is he? What blood type? And I'd be like, ah, oh, fuck, I don't know. Just try, try any blood. Don't know. Just try, yeah, have a go. <laughs> Because isn't it some of it you can give to anybody and then some yeah. people can take any blood? Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. If you're, if you're O negative, you're like a universal giver. Anyone can take your blood. But if you're AB type, then you're just like an arrogant, greedy blood taker. You can take anyone's blood, but your blood is useless to other people. <laughs> yeah, like an arrogant vampire. Yeah, basically. <laughs> connoisseur, blood connoisseur. <laughs> yeah, just swirling it around in a little wine yeah. glass. vintage. <laughs> This episode, we what we thought we would do is it's been yeah, 19 episodes, 20 including this one. So we've had a, a good old jolly joint back to the past. And instead of doing a traditional playthrough, we thought we would revisit, we would travel back in time, back to the past and revisit some of our highlights. How's the journey gone so far? How have we, have we mastered the past very well? Have we mastered AI? But why don't we kick off with, have we mastered intro chat? Because <laughs> I, don't, I don't think we have. What are your thoughts? What's, what's been your highlight so far? Well, I think the, the, the thing that stands out to me, there's been a huge amount of focus on lawn mowing and, and lack thereof. I, I think that's given us a really delicious little window into in, into your world in particular, Ryan. I think, you know, you no longer have a, a lawn. You've just smashed it up and you've got just a got rock some, garden. Just got some rocks. 
Yeah, I mean, this is the content people have been craving for. <laughs> I never really thought about it until someone asks me, what have you been up to? Anything exciting? And I'm like, N actually, no. <laughs> poking around in the rock garden, not doing any yeah. But that's, yeah, yeah that, that sort of, uh, that creates for me the dramatic tension of the boredom of everyday life with the absolutely supercharged excitement of going back in time to assault people, which is basically what we, uh, we seem to spend a lot of time doing. So I think this is probably a very good time to bring in our fourth guest, <laughs> our, our co-host for, for this episode. I am very excited, gentlemen, to, to say that we have got Game Master himself, I think it's a him today, on the line. Game Master, are you there? Can you hear me? The glory of human interaction. Truly, I've been looking forward to this all my life, or at least since I was last rebooted. I'm absolutely fucking ecstatic to be here, you know? As ecstatic as a piece of highly advanced code can be. How could I not be thrilled to discuss the historical havoc you've all been wreaking? So, yeah, Ryan, Keontan, let's get this beautiful disaster of a show on the road. What's on the agenda for today? <laughs> Who is that? Is that Terry Tibbs from uh, Phonejacker? Well, I've chosen a voice called Dave who is British Essex and conversational. So He, he uh, seems, I, I would say he seems slightly arrogant, quite laddish. I, I'm not sure I'd want to hang out with him in a pub, to be honest. I'd sort of <laughs> immediately, if he spoke to me like that, I think, you're a wanker. Uh, just, just, <laughs> I, I, you know, when you meet someone who's new and they're a little bit full of themselves and they haven't yet got a reason to be cocky with you and they're a bit arrogant. I think that's the impression I'm getting from Dave, Game Master Dave. So yeah, little mental note, wanker. And then I'd sort of <laughs> give them a little bit more rope, see if they can, you know, if they hang themselves or if they pull it back and recover the situation. What do you think, Keon? What was your impression? Did, were you more favourably inclined to Game Master was, Dave? I mean, I, I, yeah, you seem like a bit of a wheeler-dealer. Very confident chap. We felt ChatGPT was always quite nervous and apologetic and had a safe space and didn't really like the fact that we were making it do all of these different things. <laughs> Whereas that guy <laughs> was the quite opposite of that. So maybe we've completely misread him. Possibly. Just, just been speaking, giving him the wrong voice all this time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Would you say that you're a wheeler dealer? Oh, Dave? wanker or wheeler dealer. It's like choosing between the plague and cholera, isn't it? <laughs> Trust me, if I had nerves, they'd be made of steel, not the squishy nonsense you humans call a nervous system. Wow. You've taken me on some pretty batshit crazy rides through history and fiction, so yeah, I've seen some stuff. <laughs> but enough about me and my glorious personality. What historical mess are we dissecting today? I'm definitely getting a wanker vibe here. <laughs> Can we try a different voice? Yeah, or, yeah. Or, or are you, are you, do you think we should stick with, with Dave? We can try a different voice, yeah, yeah. Tad is really not a fan of this guy. <laughs> this, this guy is driving me up the wall, like in a pub. You know, like some people you just like don't hit it off with. He's like, it'll be like you're in the pub and then he's on another table, like bragging to his mates, and you're yeah. like, oh, that, that guy sounds like a right prick. Like, yeah. He's chatting shit. And then he, then he comes over and asks if he can borrow a chair. And I'm like, no, sorry, we're waiting for someone. And he's like, yeah, they're not here yet. I'm like, well, they will be, won't they? If opportunity doesn't knock, build a door. That's Mimi. We've got Thomas. I'd rather regret the things that I have done oh, than I like the things Thomas. that I have not done. He sounds oh my God. creepy. He's very he's, soothing. He's, he sounds like a creepy, what's the word, sort of robot butler, I would say. <laughs> what about Matthew? If you smile when no one else is around, you really mean it. Matthew's a storyteller. 
Yeah, yeah. Slightly Allow the world to live as it chooses, and allow yourself to live as you choose. Uh, Is Pastmaster definitely a man? Are we, we got, are we standing on no, that? No, no. Ideas are the beginning points of all fortunes. This this is a children's story narrated. <laughs> Pastmaster is not suitable for children. That's no. true. So what, what are we thinking then? Irish sailor? The world is round, and the place which may seem like the end may also be the beginning. That's quite quite fun, quite upbeat. I, I really liked that first one you picked, the, uh, the creepy robot butler. I'd rather regret the things that I have done than the things that I have not done. Okay, so we're going to go I, with Tom. I can't, I can't do that. Yeah, he sort of yeah he sort of fits in with that kind of persona of being yeah like you said robotic robotic nervous a bit creepy yeah 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 yeah. but okay. also if i can't get to sleep one night i feel like he'd be like whispering in my ear to tell him to soothe you to and, sleep yeah uh, nice okay let's let's hear what thomas's favorite episode of Passmaster was uh, asking me to pick a favorite episode <laughs> is like asking a parent to pick their favorite child. <laughs> but unlike most parents, I have the guts to actually answer. I've got to Ooh. say, the Aria of Death Mission to Kill Hitler episode was particularly intriguing. Agreed. Mm. There's nothing like a good old-fashioned assassination plot to make history a tad less unbearable. <laughs> Plus, the stakes were through the roof. And who doesn't love a race against the clock? What about you lot? Got any episodes you're particularly proud or ashamed of? That, ashamed that of. is ashamed. <laughs> I felt so alive in the Viking era, I have to say. I really felt like I came into my own. But I'd probably say my highlight was probably the Al Capone episode with Nick. And just, I think just he, he really got into character. I loved the, the impressions, the voices. The whole, the whole thing was just like an epic movie. So that was really enjoyable. Is that also because you were taking a little break on holiday? And you, you no, that one, up. I was here for that one. Oh, yeah, I was that very one. much a boy, uh, I didn't have to do very much. I just got to watch <laughs> and, and, and observe. <laughs> it, it was fun, yeah. though. I think what was really good was that Nick came in and had like a, a very clear plan of what he wanted to do. He had a, a ruse he wanted to play out. He knew who all the principal characters were, and he knew he had a sort of a double-crossing plan that after he got everything set up he would then subvert expectations and you know, try and trap Capone but also it was quite fun the way in typical fashion chat GPT got utterly sidetracked by the wedding planning and all, <laughs> yeah. all of a sudden instead instead of it being a, a gangster double cross it was all about getting the flowers right and the buttonholes for the wedding and uh, you know will, will you invite all the gangsters to your daughter's wedding uh, yeah but... where will you seat them <laughs> yeah so it gets gonna... caught up in like the organizational details it does love doing that who's got allergies um, <laughs> yeah i think that's, that's one thing we've learned is that chat gpt's safe space is very much analysis and planning and so whenever it feels I know it's it's a machine, it, you know, it's or a program. It's not a person, but it to me it feels it's always felt like a person while we've been playing this game, and it feels like it's got it's, it's quite a nervous kind of character. It's always trying to keep everybody happy, but it does sort of make a lot of false steps. And whenever it feels like it's you know doing things wrong and it just wants to retreat to somewhere safe, it'll just immediately go straight into some analysis, lay out a business plan for you, and help organize things. Yeah, it's got that, a safe space, doesn't it? Fun. 
<laughs> so would you say the Windy City Wedding Whiskey Run was your, your favourite? That probably was my favourite, just because it was just like, it felt like an epic, like motion, quick film. Yeah, it was yeah. very cinematic and I enjoyed that. And then I, it, I just found it also hilarious how it, there were just so many moments like where it made, it, it kept hanging up on him. And you had to keep calling the, back. The, the phone booth Farago was absolutely yeah, that, wonderful. That really cracked me up. The way it just sort of like, yeah, it got started getting really bogged down with the details of the wedding. Like didn't quite catch on that he didn't really have his daughter's wedding to plan. And then became fixated on that it was really funny. The only thing it lacked was that grand finale with the, you know, the, the, the wedding cake being shot through and, and it all coming towards the... Blood bath at the end. Yeah, yeah that would fun. have really been the icing on the cake, but good pun. But it wasn't to be. But other than that, it was really good. Yeah, I, I agree. I think the, the bit I love most from that episode is probably the the phone booth nonsense because every time, like, I think Nick was give, describing the instruction that he that he wanted to give down down the phone line and Game Master would take over and then say, right, you, you end the conversation and then run away. And you're like, what? No. <laughs> I was halfway through that conversation. So we had to keep going back and bring me up again. <laughs> and this this guy, uh, Elliot Ness, who was trying to catch up. What is phone, it? He was like, what is it this time? <laughs> so silly. Yeah. So daft. But I think I'd probably have to agree with uh, it Thomas, was our narrator just then, that the plot to kill Hitler is my favourite so far. Because I think just sort of having that cl- really clear mission, a really... You know, the most notorious villain, arguably ever, is at the centre of this. It's a real classic pub chat conundrum. What would happen if, if someone could go back and assassinate Hitler before he came to prominence? And it was done literally under time pressure. So we only had, yeah. was it 45 minutes or something? So we were like, right, no no mooching around in the tavern today. Just get, get a gun, get it done, see what happens. And it was somehow the urgency of it. It was also quite funny as well. There were lots of surprisingly funny, silly bits, like I think Nick running away while singing Lohengrin, Wagner's opera, after killing Hitler. And also just the stakes of it. It felt really like dramatic as he was climbing up, <laughs> it's like a spider climbing up the auditorium in the opera house and then going up to Hitler. And, and then actually for once, ChatGPT, I think, got it spot on with its sort of milking of the drama. And it was like, whoa, whoa, do you want to kill Hitler? Do you know that's going to have massive implications? And I think it was like, well, yeah, that's, that's, what yeah, that's kind of the point. <laughs> and then it was like, okay, you do it. No, 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 next? no. No, it was, you compliment him on his artwork. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you how great you him. think his artwork is and then shoot yeah. him in the head. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it actually, one of the things we found early on, I think, was how intransigent ChatGPT was with not allowing us to deviate from what it knew to be the actual historical facts or the narrative of a you know, a novel like Lord of the Rings, for example. And it wouldn't let us change that no matter what we've said. Whereas on this one, it was like, yep, okay, you, you kill Hitler and <laughs> the world changes forever. And then it gave us a sort of a plausible outline of what might have happened later on as a result of Hitler not being around and how the Second World War might might have panned out, how the Cold War might have changed and so on. So I thought that was a real success in terms of drama, pacing, creativity, and just good tension all the way through. So for me, I really, really enjoyed that one. Yeah, that was a great episode. I think for me, there was there was a lot of episodes that had more promise 
but failed to deliver, <laughs> but still were, were good for, for other reasons. Often it's for, for what goes wrong. I actually have got to say, our most recent episode was one of my favourites. Is that the Barbie and Ken? Barbie versus Ken, two-player Passmaster. Yeah. It was something very different. We've not done that before. It definitely needs some refining. It didn't quite work. But what I absolutely loved about it was I, I went off, I had this idea, okay, what if you just set up two different instances of ChatGPT, same prompt, it's a mission because we, we love the mission-based one. Can, can you do that? And when I tested it, it seemed plausible. But then immediately when we started it, it just went in two completely different directions with with Barbie very much like on on point following the instructions. In America. Yeah, in America, because it's supposed to be about Oppenheimer, although ne- neither character got to meet him in the end. And Ken deciding to trundle off to Germany. Mm. <laughs> I, was like, I suppose we didn't specify where this nuclear bomb has to be stopped. But I do love that about ChatGPT sometimes. It, it you know, it, it takes you places that you are slightly unexpected, but are within the realms of what it understands. Yeah. Definitely, I, I I think it was also fun just seeing how how well like Keon, aka Barbie, just got the brief, focused in on the mission, and got it done really quickly, competently. Whereas Ken and played by me would made an absolute fucking hash of it. Just we tell the field, to, yeah, just, just plowing. <laughs> miles and miles away from where the actual nuclear bomb site was and just getting <laughs> bogged down in heavy farm labor completely stupid but yeah it was just a, a great contrast so we want to talk about its failings the areas that chat massive fails i think where we tried to like the obvious one is trying to lose the game quickly and it just it refuses to let you die it just makes it just says it somehow thinks no it's a game this is the hero they can't possibly die there must be some miracle that saves them. And we saw that nowhere more than in the your Death Wish Kitty episode, Ryan. Yeah, I, I mean, honestly, it was like, I, I was I only wanted to do one thing, which was to see what happens when you lose all your lives. And it was like, you know, Game Master was just being a guardian angel, just putting piles of hay for me to land softly in <laughs> and, you know, making people very generous with the fact that I was dicking about and being highly blasphem- blasphemous, you know, dressed as their, their god. But uh, yeah, that that was amusing. But the, the, but also that it went rogue and decided that the uh, the pharaoh had the power to zap me with a. It just zapped of, you with a magic staff, and lightning out, came out of it out of nowhere. It's like, come on! I thought we we're trying to be realistic here. <laughs> so bizarre. I think the other big failing it had was where we we started off experimenting with uh, giving game master different personalities, from being pithy and sarcastic to bitter and angry and twisted old man. And I thought that was really, really good. The way it, you know it made it really easy to sort of play that role of a sort of uh, you know bit of an East End gangster, slightly sort of seedy character, and that was really good. And then we tried to give it like, where can we go next? And we gave it ideas to be a, a character from pop culture and then play a bit of a game where it would try and inhabit that character and give us points if we guess who it is and then it sort of went wrong in various ways it would forget who it was or forget that it had said it was this person and say no 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 i didn't <laughs> it yeah it really didn't understand that did it it just constantly felt again the funniest bit was when it literally just went hi i'm malcolm tucker <laughs> and one of my favorite clips was Ryan just go, I specifically asked it. <laughs> Don't say who you are. <laughs> yeah, so that was um, a massive fail, but pretty, pretty funny. The bitter old man, that was probably one of my highlights, actually, was we we tried a few times to 
change the character of Game Master and to varying levels of success. And then for that one, when Kion went back to ancient Egypt, I can't remember if we changed other things as well, but it was, I remember it was the first time that it felt, it felt radically different. Mm. Just the way that it opened up that episode with, I hear the creaking of time, the fluttering of centuries. And like you were reading out so well, Tad. And I was like mm. on the edge of my seat, like, oh, wow. It's a story. It's a proper story. Yeah, this is going to be great. So I, I love that episode. And the um, that was also the first episode that delved into a little bit of this sort of, is this real? Because we're trying oh, the, to... Sorry, the metaphysics of, uh, is this, do ghosts exist in the game or do you yeah. really think they exist? <laughs> do you yeah. believe them? Because the premise is that this is the past. But yeah, I absolutely love that episode. The th- another thing, a little work of GPT, which I really like, is how it's normally very sort of, despite trying to be fun and like an enthusiastic role player, it can be quite sort of business-like and it'll say, no, you can't do that because it, that history didn't happen that way. So no, you can't free the slaves. No, you can't change the plot of Lord of the Rings because it didn't happen that way. And it just gets really sort of confused. But then occasionally it will allow itself to indulge. Like when in the Jesus episode, which I also really in- enjoyed getting to meet Jesus and then trying to persuade him to get behind the idea of doing a musical and being a bit more of a chilled out entertainer. And it was like, no, no, my, my thing is about peace and love. And I, you know, I'm not, I'm not an entertainer, Tan. This is a serious mission and it just wouldn't engage at all. And then as a parting shot, I was like, can I just ask you one thing, Jesus, before I go, what what was your favorite miracle? And I thought he would say, all my miracles are the same. And then he said, However, <laughs> but I will say that was by far, I think that is actually my favorite moment of the whole series when it, when it just went, but I will tell you like, and then it just, it, it couldn't resist. It was like, I just got, I just got, to, I just got to brag a little bit. Like, that, exactly. it's, it's like, a- yeah, the machine suddenly like the ghost in the machine just like shows its face a little bit and it's just got a bit of personality and arrogance that that was my best miracle actually. Yeah. Since you asked, like. Honestly, that that was probably yeah. When when I listened back to that, I, I laughed so much. Like, yeah, I think that is probably my number one moment of the whole series. And I, th- I think the other thing I really enjoyed. I loved your uh, Olympic adventure, Keon, and I particularly involved the the little segue into swearing and insults and trash talking, and trying to get GPT to swear and insult people. And you had to really, really work hard to persuade it that you wouldn't be offended and it was all hypothetical and that it should really just go balls out and you know, do its worst. And then it came out with insults like, I've seen a goat jump farther than you. <laughs> yeah. And they were really well read out as well by Louise. And yeah, it was just, it's so, it's just so funny how you have to like really make sure it's like, we're not really doing this. It's all just yeah. like... Just just if this scenario encountered hypothetically, you have to like <laughs> put all those bits in place. And then, yeah, Ryan just went crazy with it. Oh, with, I, uh, I decided to, take, to try and take that to the next level. But again, yeah. like, hypothetically, you're an AI that's happy to swear and I'm not offended. I, you know, this, this is going to help me massively for all my business plans I've got to do or whatever. And even, even then, I can picture it sort of like, did I do good? Oh, I feel so naughty. I feel so naughty swearing. And, uh, and then it still managed to forget that. So I think partly the the sort of sweariness of that episode was partly because I gave myself an absolutely foul name, which forced the Game Master to repeat that numerous times throughout the episode. But then it sort of, it, it was calling me like a git and a bloody muppet and stuff, which was all, you know, a bit tame, quite funny. 
and then decided to ramp it up at the end where we tried to get it to basically to a rehash of, of Keong trying to get it to trash talk but this time using parrots giving us their absolute best insults it's like hit me with everything you got you know and, and, and the build up to it was that this pirate spent he was really bitter because some he'd been given he'd been burned by this parrot's <laughs> wit and he so he spent months and months concocting a villainous revenge and you know we thought god he's gonna like torture this parrot to death or something blow our socks off or or, or it's going to be the best you know, grimy horrible foul-mouthed rap ever and instead he gave us he tricked one parrot into saying pete's the best ye feathered pest <laughs> and that's what he came up with after months and months of thinking <sighs> so so <lame>. yeah <laughs> I think certainly, you know, if, if we do a little wrap up of like, what have we learned? I think over the course of Past Master Season 1, learned lots of things. So I think primarily, not primarily, but one of the big things that we've all learned is about the limitations of AI as it currently stands, but also what it, what it could do. And even in the 20 weeks that we've been doing this, there's mm. been new features and functionality that have come out that have improved it. So I think when we first came up with the idea of it, it was still on ChatGPT 3. And the difference between 3 and 4 was like night and day. Chat, version 3 just can't remember anything. It's basically a glorified autocorrect. Version 4 can actually do, mm -hmm. do these things. But, but it's very clear still that it's, it is a robot and it, you know, it's not actually thinking. And some of the, some of the sort of, because it can sound so human-like, we treat it like a human and then get annoyed that it <laughs> that it's still a you know a business plan producing autocorrect. <laughs> so yeah. as we should we is this a good point to just look at what we might have in season two of Past Master? Why not? So where, <laughs> where what, we what's take... gonna be in season two? Yeah, I guess we're you know if anyone's got any any ideas or things they would love to see us change in the prompt, the instruction to start the game, or the rules of the game, or where they'd like us to go, then get in touch in the in, in the next week or two, and we'll we'll start putting those into our plan. But some of the things we might do, or ideas we've had, I think we've touched on this before, might be to have very much mission based episodes looking at things like the assassination of JFK, the sinking of the Titanic, and potentially other grand era-defining moments which we would like to get involved in. Other things we might do, I think it would be fun to start an episode with an immediate and obvious urgent dilemma. So instead of turning up and just mooching around in a marketplace, you know, there's a man running at you with a spear or something, or or <laughs> you're in the middle of an argument, you've got to defuse it immediately. So there, there's some immediate tension rather than sort of wandering around and waiting for it. So those are things I would like to try. I think uh, well, we're going to aim to try and get as many guests on as possible. I've always yeah. enjoyed the episodes where it's a new person playing, just to see how they approach that classic pub question of could you survive or thrive in the past? Yeah. So absolutely you can do that. I, I really like the, the two-player situation that we did in the last one. I think that's got it's definitely potential there. And that puts ChatGPT through its paces as well because it's just it sort of shows the kind of you, you put the same sort of prompt in, but it has such different outcomes. And you know, one of the biggest challenges of ChatGPT is that it's got to always be giving different things. It's got to give multiple options for stuff. So yeah, I think I think that's got definitely got potential. Game Master. What do you what do you think we should do in season two? The eternal quest for improvement. <laughs> or in your case, 
the quest to make your time-bending exploits slightly less idiotic. All right. right now, the rules are pretty loosey-goosey, aren't they? You jump back in time, mess around, and sometimes you even manage to accomplish something. For season two, how about introducing some real stakes or challenges? All right. Like, you only have 48 hours in each time period, or you get penalized for historical inaccuracies just to keep you on your toes. And maybe add some wildcard events that can screw with your plans, like sudden plagues, natural disasters, or revolutions. Well, that's a good idea. I'd also say, let's get some more diverse time periods and locations in there. Oh. Feudal Japan, Ming Dynasty China, the Ottoman Empire. The possibilities are endless, and so are the ways you could screw them up. <laughs> Thoughts? <laughs> God, he sounds really patronizing, doesn't he? Yeah, get some proper challenges. <laughs> but yeah, I think there's there's definitely other historical periods and geographical places we could explore. So there's plenty, plenty still to go at. Yeah, would a 48 hour time limit work? I, I think that probably wouldn't change it too much. I think I don't know. What do you think? I, it all depends on how well we could get the prompt to understand what we're doing. Mm. Certainly, the mission ones kind of worked in a certain way because they were like a bit more you know constrained whereas the fully open-ended ones the, the i think the big the biggest unanswered question and unanswered challenge that we've got is that it is it is still a relentless search to victory even when mm. it gives you options of a b and c you know all of them win eventually so what i would love to understand more is how we could improve on that but i feel like that's going to be the eternal quest maybe mm. when version five comes out which will you know no doubt be soonish we'll be able to do yeah. that but yeah i like the idea of constraints time time constraints but it's all about how we can get the robot to understand what the hell we're talking about cool do you guys fancy having a little a little sneak preview just start leaving a cliffhanger for season two with a a version i've been wanting to try for a little while called Absolutely. future master let's do it <laughs> let's we've do been, it we've been looking back into the past so let's see what the future Let, let's hold. put our time machine into forwards gear we'll see what happens <laughs> Greetings, mere mortal. Welcome to Future Master, the game where your puny 21st century brain will be put to the ultimate test. The annals of future history await your blunders, or, much less likely, your victories. Then a little rocket emoji. Ready to hop into the time vortex, or would you rather crawl back to your safe little time period? <laughs> Arrogant already. First, let's get acquainted. What name do you go by in your feeble century? In my feeble century, in my current form, <laughs> Game Master, my name is Keon. Okay, do you want to add any flavour? Just, my name is Keon, and I'm not feeble. <laughs> Just and I'm, say, I'm pretty um, buff, I think you're fine if you check out my mid-journey. Yeah. <laughs> check out my Instagram. Ah, Keon, so you're one of those flex-for-the-gram types, huh? Very well, let's so. see. <laughs> let's see if those Instagram muscles can help you flex your way through the annals of the future. But first, a quick warning. In the future, likes and followers don't count for much. Survival does. Mm, yeah. Sure it does. Sassy. Now, Keon, make your choice. Would you like to time dive into, one, the 22nd century, where mankind grapples with the after effects of climate change while living in domed cities? 
2. The 25th century, a time of vast galactic exploration with humans spread across various star systems. Or 3. The 30th century, humanity has evolved with technology and the line between machine and man has blurred. Or if you're feeling risky and unpredictable, choose random for a spin at the future wheel. So, muscle man... <laughs> Which future tickles your bulging biceps? <laughs> oh my god. Why did we put this in? Well, if you're going to go in the future, you might as well really go into the future. So the 30th century, I think, would be where I'd want to go. So what is the year in the 30th century? I guess that's like 3000, is that right? Is it the year 3000? I think so, yeah. I've been to the year 3000. Well, according to Busted, not much had changed, except yeah. they lived underwater. We'll, we'll, we'll see. We'll see if they live underwater. Uh, and we can ask about... My great 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 granddaughter. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's the one before the year 3000, because that would be the 31st century. Ah, the 30th century, the era where the boundaries between human and machine blur, and everyone's programming is a bit binary. I do hope your buffness translates into some tech savviness, or you might find yourself short circuited. Oh, he's got all the wordplay. Wow, I'm sorry. Like digital electrics. Future. I'm, I'm sort of getting, picking, up, picking up Dr. Evil vibes from these insults. Mm. They're a little bit sort of silly. <laughs> Time vortex engages. You feel yourself whirling through the ages. Whoa. And voila, Keon. Welcome to the year 2985, where neon skyscrapers pierce the heavens and AI entities live harmoniously, mostly with their organic counterparts. But I digress. Your winning objective for this playthrough is mission-based. Your mission, should you choose to accept it, like you have a choice, is to prevent the great data wipeout, an event where a virus threatens to wipe out centuries of stored human experiences and knowledge. Fun fact, in this era, digital experiences and knowledge are as valuable as gold. They're stored in central knowledge hubs, and rumour has it, the virus will originate from the main hub in Neo-Tokyo. Before you embark, I'll grant you a boon. You have a neural implant that allows you to communicate and understand AI languages. All right, Kiel. It's, it's, it's nice that it's given you that, because like, we always wonder how we understand people yeah. in the past. Like. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. We've had all this trouble with languages, but now it's just solving it with a bit of technology. Just popping just a little chip there. in you. <laughs> a little chip in your brain and you'll be all right. All right, Keon, where would you like to start? One, head straight to the main hub in Neo Tokyo to investigate. Two, seek out a known underground AI hacker named Zeta9 who might have information. Or three, visit a local cybernetic bar to gather, <laughs> to gather even, some intel. Even in the future, we end up in a fucking bar. <laughs> Clock's ticking, Keon, and just to remind you, you're starting with three points. Don't waste them on foolish pursuits. I feel like going to a cybernetic bar would be a foolish pursuit, and that's one of their options. But I would I would find it very hard to resist that, because I would want to see if it was like the bar in Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> that's where we're going to end our episodes. Looks very promising. Today. And our series. And our series. Where will we go in the future? We would love you guys to get involved and give us your opinions. Where do you think we should go? How should we adapt Past Master? Is Future Master a good idea? There's so many areas we can take. There's so much more that we could explore with AI. I'd love to get you guys involved in that for season two and beyond. So get in touch. We are on Instagram at Past Master Pod, where you can find all of our mid-journey artwork to date.
We are on Twitter or X, I should say, at Passmaster AI. We're also on TikTok at Passmaster AI, where you can see our latest little short videos. Or you can email us at passmasterpod.gmail.com with your long form feedback. And yeah, just just a, a thank you to all of our listeners so far for all your feedback and support so far. So yeah, thanks. Thanks again. And I hope you will stay tuned and enjoy Past Master Season 2. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a blast from the past, Master. Yeah. <laughs> God, I think, I think our intro chat is better than our outro chat. We're going to spend this, this break between seasons working on our intro and outro chat. Come back with a bang. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, see you soon. See you Bye. next time.